Oh my god, have I shown you my new bucket? Yeah, bucket. Yeah, I've got a new bucket. It's oh. exciting. It's got this like really cool little handle here. It's all ergonomic and like you could fit so much in there. Like it's oh. a really nice bucket, right? I mean, I'm glad you're in- enjoying it. Why, why, oh, does, why don't you like my new bucket? It's, I, it's fine, I guess, you know. I, I, look, look, it's, it's got such a good carrying capacity. It's made of such a nice material. Why? Uh, ch- check out how awesome this bucket is. I mean, it's it. Look, it's a fine bucket. It's just not my cup of tea. <laughs> I mean, just the look of pure disgust. <laughs> my brain went. Yes, everything other than a cup of tea isn't your cup of tea. <laughs> okay. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're wife types, talk about media we've consumed in the week and mm-hmm. do silly voices and skits and just have a bit of a giggly catch up. Yeah. How are you doing? Um, slightly less wonky than last week. How yeah. are you doing? Slightly more sneezy. wonky than last week. Oh, no. I've got I've got a blocked ear. I can't really hear on one side, and it's making my head go all weird because mm, there's pressure in my head. So it's no, no balance fun. issues. Mm, and no, I'm no. in the midst of getting ready for all of the travel. So, so much ah, travel. So many things. Ah, peril. So, ah, but we're here currently. We are here. We're currently. here to talk um, about bits of media, some yes. of which we played. What did you play this week? What have I played this week? Well, we we, we could talk about a thing we played together. What did we play together? Uh, we played the. Um, co-op expansion for viticulture the board we game did. about making wine but instead of being competitive who can make best wine it was cooperative who can make enough wine and yeah. and have a wine empire can you make sure that you both create sufficient wine uh and while influence of your business yeah while not cannibalizing where each other need to be Indeed. so that you both can get the points you need yeah so the most of the rules are the same as the base game. Like, if you already know the base game, you can teach yeah, it pretty we've, quickly. We've t- we've talked it's about worker placement. We've talked about base viticulture before. It's plant grapes, make them into wine, sell the wine. Yep. With some extra steps, it's basically a worker placement game. It's, it's a worker placement game. There's a little bit of hand management, some some card yeah. stuff. Uh, so the big difference from base, I guess, is firstly the five card uh, hand limit. Is, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then I guess you've got the ability to upgrade uh, some individual spaces. So you have yes. these innovation tiles where you can basically make uh, a spot more powerful to go to or make it easier for lots of people to go to without having to use your one special worker. Yeah, the two, the two types of upgrades are either like the thing this space is inherently good at, make it better at that, or... Make it so that this space can house more people and also give you a little benefit. Indeed. Um, and I think both of them are very important in their own ways. Being oh, yeah. able to get, like, a good example. Harvest one field. If you upgrade that space with this little rectangle upgrade, harvest all fields for a single action. Mm-hmm. That is a really big uh, difference to the pacing of the game. Particularly when you have to both hit the score target within... Six, maybe seven years. Yes. Six or seven rounds of the game, you have to hit the the score target. Being able to not have to send multiple workers to do an action multiple times because you upgraded it is great. But also being able to send multiple workers to a space is great because it means that you're not like, 
oh, well, only one of us can make wines this year. Yes. Which is especially important when you're all trying to work together to everyone has to score at least 25 points and yeah. overall the team has to get at least 10 um uh what's it um influence yeah influence points um and i mean two play you start at uh i think it's eight i think uh sorry you uh, not eight uh, uh like two i think two or three i think you start on for two player something like that mm. the, but there's like a staggered track for player count um what do you think so far i really enjoy it but it is definitely like it is a very tight challenge. It yes. is a... You are going to need a good plan and then probably some luck on top of it mm-hmm. to have any chance of getting through in the six-year aim. Yes, because base viticulture has a solo mode that gives you seven years to get through, but also that starts with the standard. You're probably only going to be getting two basic workers and one grande worker. Mm. But there, there's also this whole thing of you will start with all four base workers and a grande worker, and you have the option of getting the, the free worker off the top, but that is the most you can ever have. Yeah. You can never like train your fifth worker that there is a meeple for, because you use mo- like a good chunk of the, of the bits from the base game for this. Like It's got its own board, it's got its own... Um, like all the, the upgrade uh, innovation tiles we talked about, it takes uh, back from the Tuscany expansion the whole there are four seasons, you place people in each season and you do do a different thing at each period. It goes back to the the base game, like essential edition of, of Viticulture of you have spring, which is where you just pick which order you're going to take your turns in and you'll get a bonus based on yeah. where you're starting. And then you just go into full summer, worker placement, you move to autumn, mm. and at that point you get like uh, a card if you've if, like met certain criteria. Like if you built the the cottage, then you go straight into winter, and it's back to work placement again. And then the year wraps up, and you're aging your grapes and wines, and re- recalling everything back, and moving on. In single player, in in with seven years, that was difficult. In two player, in this, like the the um, so the. This expansion comes with like a bunch of different uh, continent packs of of cards, and apparently a lot of people said the base game was already too difficult. So Stonemaier Games released like a a freebie pack, which if you buy the game from their website, you can just get it as mm. they will automatically include it and like do that as a fix. And that was just about. It would like it introduced all the things at a good pace, and I thought that was really good, and I really appreciated that. And then we played through uh, the Asia, which is supposed to be the easiest of the expan- uh, of the uh, chapters or, or uh, areas, and that was hard. Yeah. So the thing, the reason why I say there's a bit of luck involved in succeeding at this is because like there's a couple of spaces on the board that I would say are like really vital to be um, using as few of your like worker turns up on as possible. Mm-hmm. And that is planting grapes, harvesting fields, making wine and selling wine. Yes. And particularly like uh, planting grapes in the field and harvesting the fields. Yes. The quicker you can be like doing multiple of those in a turn and not preventing each other from doing it, mm-hmm. the better you are going to have a chance of actually getting where you need to get. Mm. And there are a lot of spaces that like, you can find ways to make them useful, but they are situationally useful. Yeah. And 
the randomized elements mean that, like, if you get a bunch of upgrades for, like, things that you're going to be doing in years five and six early on in the game, mm-hmm. and things that you need to be doing in years one and two show up toward the end of the game, that's going to be tricky. Yep. Uh, but then you've got things like that first location we went to that was in India, I think it was. Um, uh, it's, the, the, like, that continent is just Asia, because it talks about all the various different um, uh, winemaking yes, throughout Asia. Because yeah. um, um, because it gives you, each of the seasons gives yes. you, uh, each year, gives you a little bit of history about winemaking in that continent. Yeah. And that, that's very cool. But yes, the, the, the uh, Asia was a really interesting first one to do, for like highlighting that difficulty spike, because half of the potential um, upgrades that would be dealt out each turn yeah. just weren't dealt out, which means that even in a full game, you're seeing half as many upgrades as you usually would, which makes it really hard to find the ones that are going to improve your yep. like efficiency in the early game. Yep, and that though that, that slot on the board doesn't refresh until the end of the year, so there is no way of just like like churning through that to try and get get somewhere faster. It's um yeah it's it's it is a difficult difficult time, um but I'm 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 still very much enjoying it even though I think we played what three games of of Asia, yes two two or three I I did I think I did one uh, attempt at Asia in solo mm. the solo mode is very good it's I think I think it's actually better than base viticulture solo even though it does have a similar mechanic of just get in the way. It is slightly different by virtue of you flip over a card. The card has a um, like you, like you rem- reminded that the the Automa character is going to be getting um, three uh, lira on their turn, like at at the start of each season. And these are the four spaces they're going to fill up. You can take um, a couple of lira out of their uh, pool. Mm-hmm. Like two lira out of their pool to move them off of one of those spaces, or you can just leave them there and and just accept that you're not going to be able to use that section, or you're going to have to, um, like uh, just use your grande worker to be able to use both use the same tile. Mm. It's um, it's 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 an interesting way of doing it, especially since like if you don't spend all of the automa's money. They can do things like the big important upgrades for you mm. with their with their pool of cash, but they're not going to be getting a huge amount of it, and and otherwise they might just be in your way generally. But it's it's I I think it's like a lot more in depth than the the base automa for for viticulture, and yeah, I'm looking forward to trying more of it. It's just a matter of more time. Isn't that always the way? Mm-hmm. What else have you played? Uh, well, we played a video game thing together. What? Us together? Yeah, we've been playing a bunch of Vampire Survivors co-op together. We sure have. We sure have. Uh, so yeah, how how are you finding the co-op? Um, much better now. I worked out that we can have permanent outlines around our characters. Yes, that was not something I was aware of in that preview event, but being able to make the the coloured character outlines be permanent and not just that few seconds after like a menu disappears. Yes, although I do wish that line was a little bit thicker and I wouldn't mind having that in, in the base game, to be I, honest. Agreed. That's, that's The only thing I really have to complain about in the co-op mode is I wish that I could just take that co-op mode outline and put it in single player. Mm-hmm, It'd be mm-hmm. really nice. Yeah, I, I just wish the line was like maybe one extra pixel all the way around. I think that would really cement it for me. Because yeah. one thing, like the the like the 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 base version of that is that 
it will flash up around your character when you come out of a menu, like mm. uh, after you're doing a level up, everything pauses for a couple of seconds, or like a second. Your character will have that outline around them, and then like action will resume, which is quite good if you're not fully paying attention when someone picks uh, picks their level up. Yes, I was like, oh, taking shit, a second to grab a drink. Oh fuck, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> shit, we're back. Um, but like, it's, I am so used to that being game being chaos, but knowing that I'm at the epicenter of it, and when you're playing multiplayer, the camera tries to be like directly between the the players, and then obviously you are sort of restricted within that zone. But um, and and you've said that you can that, like player one will have the option of like dragging the others along with them. Yeah, they they seem to get a bit of priority on where the camera goes. But uh, it it's not so much that it's that it feels like I am having a lesser experience because of it if I'm not player one. No, but I it's... would say that because of the like the that amount of chaos and me using being used to being the epicenter of it and that that is like the middle yes. of the screen it's like oh no my eyes need to be in different places yeah this is a yeah. lot to process um, um i did find that that mitigated a lot once we got the like permanent character outlines on there yes things we didn't know before that like we we largely started a new playthrough to play yes. through a bunch of like the early game and co-op yeah and one thing that we uh, got to kind of late was I think it's when you start unlocking the ability to skip level ups. Yes. Um, in co-op, and the game doesn't like advertise this to you. When you have a couple of skips available to you, you'll also have the option. I think it's pass. It's called. Yes. Which is be- funny because we were saying like that would be a really like it'd be a really yeah. good thing if you could just go. Ah, oh, my level up just came in, but you can have this I, one because it's got the of, item you need. I kind of wish it was unlocked earlier. And in if if I were to replay this in co-op from the start again at some point. I would look through the unlocks list and go, what do I need to do to unlock some skips? Yeah. Because, yeah, the the way it works is, let's say I've I got a level up and there's, you know, three weapons and accessories for me to pick from. And one of them is a thing that Jane really wants for her build uh, that she's been looking Maybe for desperately. Maybe it's the last thing I need. Yeah. Um, I can pass the level up and those three things that were offered to me will be offered to Jane instead. Uh-huh. And presumably in three or four player, you could use a pass to pass it on again. And it seems like each character, in, uh, each player individually has a couple of passes. Yes. Um, it's not like player one doing a pass means that player two has fewer passes to use later. Yeah, I, although I would be concerned in like higher player counts because there's that potentially that you're just pushing it on to the next person in the queue because it does go like one after the other after the yeah, other. Yeah, it's, it's only, it, it works really well in two player because oh, yeah. the only person who's going <laughs> to see it other than the one who needs it is the person who can pass it to them for a single pass. Yeah. It would be expensive resource-wise for player one to pass an item to player four, presumably. I would imagine um, so. But that made a really big difference to the ease of building builds and yes. not going 50% of the time when the thing I'm looking for pops up, it's popping up for someone that's not me. Yeah, I mean, I do like that it gives you a little pop-up showing which character needs that evolution like once you've evolved that that weapon set yes um which isn't like a nice idea yeah but it does makes make, make you go oh yeah that's the thing that evolves because you're used to it yes. in sing, single player of that being the thing it's like ah no yes. actually i don't want to take that once we had pass as an option i wasn't i was paying enough attention to go that can evolve one of jane's things do you want me to pass it to you and jane would be like we've gone over this item like four times i've got the accessory for a different reason i don't need that weapon yeah there is that as well um but it it was a nice I like that as we progressed through the main like single player games mechanic mm-hmm. unlocking, it was unlocking new stuff for co-op that had unique 
co-op mechanics. Yes. And like that was just a nice little bit of progression that honestly does make this feel like a game that there is some some real fun to be had in progressing mm-hmm. in co-op. Yeah. Um I I think the the co-op is very interesting. The only thing I think it really sort of lessens is the uh revives. Because yeah. when you buy the revive from the shop, it is one revive and it's for the party rather than for an individual um like like each. Yeah. Um and that sort of makes that very expensive one one shot from the shop very difficult. Like yeah. I I feel like maybe that either needs to be one each and it is tied specifically to your character or Um You know what I how I wish it worked, and maybe this would be overpowered, is revives only activate when all party members are down. So if all party members are down, yeah. a revive brings one person up. Because that's when you need it. You yeah. don't need it when one person's gone down to get them instantly up. You need it when it's like, the party is down, give us one more shot to survive long enough for that other coffin to pop and us to be back as a team. Yeah, or even just like make it optional. Like, do you want to yeah. use the revive, or do you want to go yeah. into... Because the thing is, when one person dies, they go into a coffin. Yeah. Now, the, like, there, there's a little timer going to be built up, and then once the timer's filled, they're going to be back in the game. And generally, that seems just fine, until you realise that you are, say, ten minutes into a run, and because you're playing in two-player, you have a maximum of four weapons and four um, accessories mm. each, as opposed to a full six. And obviously that number changes as you go up. Um, for three-player, it's three three items each, mm. and for four, it's what, two? Uh, yeah, four is two each. Which means overall you do have more items than you would in a normal single-player yeah, run. Six-player. if one person goes down, it can be fucking tough. Yeah, that's it. Like, in... In four player is probably the one where one player going down is the least of a problem because that yeah. brings you down to six as a party, which is comparable with single player. But in two or three player, well, three's if three is um, what three each you said? Yeah. Oh yeah, so, you're yeah, right. Yeah, so nine, three nine each, down one three. down would still be yeah. six. It's only two player where you go one person going down puts you below a single player character's yeah. skill set, which you know is challenging, but not unfairly so. It's no? like. The challenge when one player goes down in in two player and you're waiting for that coffin to pop up is mainly I am tethered to where that coffin is. I can't walk far enough away yeah. that the coffin goes off you screen. Can't bring off screen yeah. Um and therefore I have a limited room to run around in circles buying time. Yep. And also like just generally it is best if if you can and you're strong enough to like get right on top of that coffin and protect it because when the other person pops out, if they are completely surrounded, <laughs> yes. then they're just going to be in a really bad state and probably drop again. Like we we had a couple of games in Capella Magna where you were just like repeatedly going down because yeah, I couldn't get close enough to clear things I, off of you. I didn't you have enough swarm. health to get out of the swarm and back to you. Yeah, it's it's tricky. It's but... like okay, I think you're about like two thirds full. I'm going to start trying to run towards you around this giant horde of enemies, and hopefully that won't be completely fucked. But yeah, it it's been really fun yeah. to play in cop. It's been nice to play it's that nice game play... that we always play just sat next to each other, playing it separately to play it together. Yes, and do the things. <laughs> Yay! Yay! More co-op, co-op, all the more things. More co-op, more co-op indeed. Uh, inter- last little thing. Interesting wrinkle of some of the unlocks. Things where you have to level up a character to a certain level means that you have to get your party's level to double that threshold at least 
Uh, yeah, or it's triple Because the thing quadruple. is, when, if, if somebody levels up while somebody else is in the coffin, only the people who are up will get a level up, so yes. that can also add an extra wrinkle. Yeah. There's there's a lot of, like, interesting minutiae that, like, I keep mulling over with, like, that I just think are interesting design choices. You can see who's going to get the next level up by looking where the level up gems that are being yep. picked up are going. They fly towards the person who's going to get the next level oh, up. Yes. You can see them getting the experience. Little little things like that are really nice. The arcana seem to be um, applied to all characters, yep. but I don't know if they're as powerful as they would otherwise be. As best I can tell, they are full power affecting everyone. Um, the one that I used to test that was I did a single player co-op run uh, with the the one that does revives, that grants revives. Crochy. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, with um, Awake. Yeah, because that's one I could like mathematically look at. Have you changed the number? Yes. Uh, yeah, so the numbers are the same. So uh. the Arcana seem to be unchanged um, and affect everyone. They are the one of the bigger bonuses you get as a group. Bonus. Um, also, am- amulet, the friendship amulets are great. Oh, yeah. Like, because obviously... Um... In multiplayer, you are only getting a level every however many levels based on on player count. But um, the friendship bracelet is like, I will spend my entire level up so that we all get one level in a random weapon. Like, you don't know which one it's going to be. But it's going to be one of your weapons, so it's going to get you towards those evolutions. And once all the the level, the uh, weapons are completely full, it will go to your accessories until they're full. Yeah. At which point, the friendship bracelet will be like, you're the only character that's going to get a thing from this, so don't worry about it. It's, it's, It's nicely made. Yeah. Uh, I think once again, because this isn't even a paid update, is it? No, this is just a <laughs> this is just a free little update. Um, thank you, Vampire Survivors. Thank you, Vampire Survivors, <laughs> for being the game that we will just eternally play for all of time. <laughs> the game I've spent the least amount of money on for the most amount of time. Oh God, yeah. Does I've bought it multiple times on multiple platforms, and I've still, and it's still like less than the price of most games, and I've gotten considerably more out of it. Right. I oh new platform great excuse for me to start over from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What you played this week? Uh, well, I played some Stray Gods, the role playing musical. Yeah, so you played like an hour or two of this, maybe. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. Like, I played it on stream. I did like a, a two hour stream of this. Uh but I got a free code, and I have to say things about that. You do. I do. I got a free com- code from Play Humble Games and at Disobey, hashtag gifted. Yeah. There you, you go. I've said the thing. There you go. You've I said, got a free code for yeah, it. Thanks yeah, very you've much. Done the, I, you've done the disclaimer. There you go. Now you can, now all of my thoughts can be tainted by that. Yeah. Whereas I, I, I'd already pre-ordered it. So I, I pay I paid money for your, it. Your thoughts are unfettered. I've got unfettered thoughts. And you finished it. Yeah. In one I, sitting. Yes. Um I started streaming at ten and someone told me that game was about two to three hours long. And then it, it was, was two AM. Yeah, hours I'd long. been going for four hours and someone said, Oh no, no, it's about five hours. You're about an hour from done. I was like, I could finish at three. And then there was another hour and a half after that. I stayed up till I think four thirty in the morning. Um, I know you said to me like that you'd come to bed at six when when you when I spoke to you the next day. I, I don't think it was quite that late. I might not have gotten to sleep until then, right. but uh, it, I was up late. I was really into that game. <laughs> I it, was really into it. I was like, no, I I have to stop because yeah. I, I have shit to do tomorrow. So this is a narrative based adventure, like story based adventure game about you play as Grace, who is a singer who's a little lost in life and. Uh, 
this uh, this woman shows up to like band tryouts uh, and has a beautiful voice, and you share this wonderful moment. And then she turns up at your apartment, and she's dying. She, she's been stabbed, and she's dying, and she dies on your living room she's like, floor. Like, here, have my soul. Yeah, it turns out she's the last of the muses of the Greek gods who now live in the modern day in sort of modern. They society. live in a tower block, not up a mountain. Yeah. Um. And they are not convinced you didn't murder the last muse because you have literally got her blood on your hands and her godly powers, and you are you basically. They decide you've got a week to prove your innocence through the medium of being able to elicit people into musical numbers that might get them to open up about things and therefore give you useful information. Yes. So, how long do you think it's going to take until we get lots of very horny Persephone fan art? Oh, I guarantee that already exists. I guarantee it. She's um, got mu- she's got real big mummy. I'm, so- I'm sorry, mummy. Mummy, I mean, sorry. Mummy. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, all of the like main cast of gods that are introduced in that first batch of I think it's five in that that first meeting yes. are all really hot. <laughs> They're all really hot. This game has very hot character designs in different ways. Uh, I have to say I was more into Eros than Apollo, but I get it. <laughs> and look, Apollo's not usually my thing, but like there was something about the way he was drawn. I was like, yeah, you're pretty alright. <laughs> yeah, it's... I really dug this game. Mm. Um, so, as we said, it's a musical, and like a lot of the time you're just making regular dialogue choices to sort of branch conversations. Um, at the start of the game, you pick like a primary character trait that's going to define your grace uh, between, what is it, uh, smart, kick-ass, uh, charming. kick-ass, and charming, and that will open up some dialogue choices for you outside of... Yeah, uh, it's a bit like in like Fallout and things when it's like you have your perception thing. Yeah. But in this, it's like if whichever of those three you pick, the other two are just going to be yeah, blocked off from having like... When that is the special... Yeah. But in songs, you can pick all three of those. Oh, and yeah, yeah. like songs will progress and then suddenly there will be an opportunity for you to like decide what the next bit of the song will be about and what direction it will go. And, you and I sort quite of... enjoy that that often changes the genre slightly. Yeah, it gives you a chance to like change up the pacing of the track and sort of have an impact on how that moment will play out. Um, yeah. there, there is some fun use of tropes in that, but it is, it, is, it is an excuse for you to tell a story by picking dialogue options and then hear some cool singing. Yes, and I'm a big fan of Austin Wintry's music anyway, but mm. um, yeah, yeah there's, there is a thing on the, I think it's 8-bit music, uh, 8-bit gaming music channel on YouTube that they they do a, a breakdown about Austin Wintry's music and how um, the stuff was done for Stray Gods. I have it in my to-watch list and I desperately want to get around to it, but I, I haven't finished playing the game yet, so... <laughs> But some, yeah, yeah I, had a, I had a really good time those first couple of hours. Obviously, my thoughts can be taken however you like. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, I, you had a good time. Yeah, my my big things, I would say, are the content warnings for this game aren't helpful. No. Because um, I remember you did the, the um, accessibility on it. Yeah. And we were like, here is the website, here is the clicky, clicky, clicks. Yeah. They're not, they're not very detailed. And then I got into the game and was like, okay, well, I'm going to click them. And, oh, they're exactly the same as on the website. And... Yeah, so I will give like a spoiler light an example as I can give. One of those content warnings, if you expand it to read the full thing, goes, um, there, there is, there is a scene somewhere in the middle of the game that discusses a topic that might be kind of similar in some ways, but not quite could the same as suicide. Could thing. be interpreted as suicide. And 
that scene, without going into specifics, is I think one of the most interesting parts in the game, but also a scene that if you had mentally prepared yourself for, okay, I'm probably okay for a scene about suicide, you might go, oh, this is not what I prepped for, and I'm going to need a second. Not because it's necessarily worse, it's just different. It is a very complicated, nuanced situation that I, you know... The scene that, that that is talking about, I stopped six or seven times to just sit and talk philosophy with Twitch chat about like what was being proposed and why it felt similar to certain things and why it felt different to certain things and what the uh, you know uh, long-term consequences of the decisions being made in this scene were and why I had really complicated feelings about it and talking about the complicated feelings of the characters about the scene. Oh. It was such a beautiful, interesting moment that really needed a decent content warning to, like, go, hey, look, you you, you might want to know there's a weirdly specific situation coming up. Yeah. That is going to be heavy in ways you maybe haven't braced for. Yeah, like, even, like, here, here are the content warnings, here is a basic outline of those content warnings for anyone who's clicked on them, and then maybe, like, a little ticky box yeah. that, like, will maybe, like, pop something up just before the scene to give you, like, a more detailed yeah. breakdown if you think that's something that you would need. Uh, look at the the ones I always point Ickenfell. to. Uh, Ickenfell's great for content warnings that pop up right before a scene so you have an opportunity to know mm. this is that moment being referenced. Tell me why is the standard for really good, detailed, specific content warnings that give you all the information you could need uh, in in a spoiler-free, like, mm. a spoiler-free way and then a, look, do you need spoilers? Okay, cool, let's just, like, get into it. Um, but that, that quibble about how they handle content warnings aside, this game has some really good, like, complicated interpersonal relationship stuff and some fascinating reinterpretations of the Greek gods. I really like what they've done with a lot of them in terms of their place in this new world over time and how their interactions are played out. They Mm. do really fun twists on the established... They they very much treat, you know, Greek mythology as uh humans got a bit of stuff wrong. They were trying to talk about people who were much more powerful than them that they never really saw themselves. Yes. It's not one to one, but we're playing in the space. And yes. they do great stuff with it. Yeah, I thought there's some some very interesting things with that. I think the the art is incredible. Yeah. Um I really enjoyed, as I said, the music. Some of the characters are fascinating. I really enjoy uh, is Frankie the the roommate. Oh, Frankie the roommate is is wonderful and lovely. Um Pan is an amusing, entertaining dick, um, who I do not trust. Pan <laughs> is the worst mistake I really want to make. <laughs> I, you get, you get what I mean. Oh yeah, I get. Like it. you'd be this. You seem so fun, and I know I shouldn't trust you like at all. You're all the red flags, but also like... yeah, but like if you're all red flags, maybe it's not a red flag; it's a red blanket, and it'd be cozy to snuggle up under. And also, like I'm fully aware, I'm fully aware of all the red flags, but maybe we can have fun before yeah. this all blows up in my face. Yeah, red red flags. If you recognise them, are they even really red flags anymore? Yes, they're still red flags. Nah. <laughs> um. But yes, I was so invested in that game, and actually, here's the other thing I want to say about this, and without going into spoilers, there are moments where I got endings to scenes and songs that I think on paper you would call, like, the bad ending to the interaction I had. Right. They they were clearly not the 
ending you would hope for or that you would go that's what i'm trying to achieve they didn't have main protagonist energy yeah but the thing is did they have greek tragedy energy (laughs) i i like that the game doesn't like course correct you back to those things working out okay but also that it like it doesn't make it feel like a failure it doesn't do say the life is strange season one thing of and this is how many people managed to do the thing that you sucked too much to do Mm. it it's much more like something like Disco Elysium, where it's like, I failed, but you gave me something really interesting for that failure, and you presented me with some interesting texture to mull over, even if it's not... I didn't get what I wanted, but I got something else that was equally rewarding. Yeah. Or equally interesting. Like, I wasn't shut out of the rest of the game, but, like... Yeah. It, it was... We're, we're having real Act 2 energy here. Yeah. It, it felt like it established that consequences are real and like we're not gonna hold your hand to prevent them yeah and i feel like that works for a thing about the greek gods they have a lot of messed up shit going on they are very messed up and shitty um but yeah that's uh straight straight gods straight I, gods the real playing musical i really recommend playing it uh, playing the rest of it it yeah. is uh it's good <laughs> i want to replay it and try and make some of the things play out differently ah. it's well, we've already sort of talked about like the fact that we seem to have had quite different differences between our, our yeah, interactions yeah. Yeah, well. there's that. There, I'm aware of at least one character that died in my playthrough but could survive, and I only know about this because the audio description played the wrong track. Oopsie. Uh, for a different choice, and there talked about uh, the character who had died being in that scene, and I'm like, they're not here. What the fuck? Um, Oopsie doodle. Oopsie doodle. Yeah, also the audio descriptions are a little wonky in places. Um, Sometimes they will start randomly in the middle of a uh, a dialogue sentence. Like, in the middle of a word. Like, not even cut between two words. There's a few things that are a bit iffy about them, but I'm glad they're there rather than not. Also, I think the the big subtitles should be bigger, just saying. Oh, yeah, no, you can never make the biggest subtitles too big. Yeah, it's like, I selected the largest size and they're not that fucking big. But also, like, I really would have loved a uh, an option to have them, like, the last set of, of subtitles just stay on the screen. The accessibility page makes it seem like that is the case, and then it isn't in the game. There was a thing in the accessibility page that said the text would remain on screen. Yeah, I, I had serious trouble, like, especially because I'd done the thing where it's like, you can pause the, uh, yeah. the choices, because of, I often struggle with, like having time to read yeah. the thing Analysis. process it process yeah. it and make an answer. Yeah. I like that like that is like there seems to be a good amount of time to make that decision. Um or those decisions. But um or even like to just completely freeze it. But especially when you're doing something like streaming, I mean I have ADHD so fuck knows if it would be necessarily much better if I wasn't. <laughs> but like though all those times is you're playing a little bit of stream attacks it's like I already don't remember what we were singing about and i have a like three or four word description of what i'm gonna choose to say next maybe it's got a mood attached to it but i really can't remember what the impact of this decision is gonna be could i maybe have a little summary somewhere or even like a little here is a log of of the last like you know like a the journal log of a chat log of, or something like that something like that would be really helpful thanks but yeah. yeah um other than that still very much enjoying it looking forward to going back to it and i will probably stream some more of that on full easy yeah. uh, what, what 
what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, the only other thing I I very very early started playing. I've started playing Baldur's Gate three. The thing that the the Dungeons and Dragons video game that everyone's playing at the moment. Are they? Uh, oh. Yeah, it's it's Just it's me. the big game that everyone's into. It plays really nicely on the Steam Deck. That ah. was one thing that got me into playing it was knowing that it ran well on the Steam Deck and. I've got travel coming up and I'm like, fuck it, this might be the trip where I take the Steam Deck with me to, you know, if I've got time, we'll travel into places. Is still using, like, chunky games? 3.5, which, because I think original Baldur's Gate and Baldur's uh, Gate so 2 Baldur's 3. Gate 3 is based on 5e. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's based on 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, but they're telling their own story. Yeah, uh, I'm very early on, but the gist is, you're in the setting of Dungeons and Dragons, your typical sort of fantasy setting. Uh, we are... It's Faerun, right? Yeah, it's, um... uh, yeah Faerun. Uh, and it starts uh, right when the world is being invaded by the Illithids, who are basically uh, the first introduction that most D&D players have to aliens in the setting. They are um, squid, squid men, tentacle-faced squid men with psychic powers that will put a tadpole in your eye and let it eat its way into your brain and turn you into a squid person too. Om nom nom. Om nom nom, tasty squid people. Yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're, uh, rules as written in D&D, they are basically, we are conquerors, you are nothing to us, we are going to turn you into more of us. Submit. What if person-sized Cthulhu could just explode your brain by thinking about it exactly. real Exactly, and, you know, fly around the galaxy in just like a big squid ship. Yep. Doing all sorts of chaos. Mm. Um, it is very Dungeons and Dragons. Um... Don't go into this looking for anything that's outside of, like, the core player handbook. In terms of, like, your species no, and... tabaxi, damn it. Yeah, species and races, you're not going to be getting your Aarakocra, your tabaxi. You're going to be getting, uh, you know, standard core 5th edition uh, stuff to play with. Um, but there is, like, a good amount of... Like, creating your character at the start of this does feel like going through and creating a, char- a character sheet in... It feels like making a, a character sheet in D&D Beyond, specifically. Right. Where it's like, pick your class, pick your subclass, pick your, um, uh, your, uh, what class you're gonna, uh, yeah. Um, school of a your species. Magical yeah, way. pick your sort of, like, um, specialization. Here are all the available spells you can learn. Uh, that are either actions or bonus actions, and here's their, like, ranges on the table of how far they reach, and here's how many spell slots you've got, and uh, what's your background, and these are the bonuses your background will give you. It It is very... Under the hood, it is it is 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, but, um, like, proper proper Dungeons yeah, & it's, Dragons, it's, not it's, podcast yes, D&D. Like it's I proper play. Dungeons & Dragons, so, like, if you're someone that plays D&D with a group of people who don't worry about encumbrance... Uh, or the or, number of arrows. Yeah, the number of arrows. Uh, or things like that. You are gonna Spell have to components. get used to, okay, I have to play with those rules I don't like from D&D. I, it's been so long since I've played a game with fucking encumbrance, with weight limits in D&D. Although at least for encumbrance, you can automatically send stuff from your inventory to a chest in town without having to go to town. Uh-huh. So you can just offload stuff out your pockets if you- Seems a bit irrelevant then. Yeah, it's there because D&D has it. Uh-huh. There's there's a few choices like that. Yeah. Um, but I like some of the ways that things are implemented in that, like, if you've got an option to do a skill check, like, let's say you're in the middle of a conversation, you've got an intimidation check option, uh, you can press a button to go, remind me what my modifiers are for that, so I can see, like, is this a thing I'm good at as a skill? Um, 
before you like commit to trying to do the role. You okay. don't know how difficult then and there it's going to be. So you can occasionally pop the hood on the on the on the game. Yeah, you're like, like it's like click, click the right stick to go like, hey, what's my start on that? Cool. Yeah. Um, and then you try and do the role, and once you've like committed and can't back out of it, it will tell you this is the number you're trying to beat. Do the roll, watch the die, the 3D dice roll around. Did you get your successful roll? Um, I know I brought up uh, Disco Elysium already uh, on the show today when talking about Stray Gods a bit, but it, this this feels in a lot of ways very familiar to Disco Elysium in terms of um, negative results to rolls usually leading to a funny variation of what's going on. Uh, it, it's not you failed and we're going to like like the first botched roll, we're gonna like rip one of your arms off. It's you're gonna you're gonna have a scene where someone else has the the control of the situation, perhaps, and that might lead to something else down the line. But it's it it'll be content all the same, just a uh, different sort of content. Uh, it works pretty well on controllers. Uh, once you get your head around the control scheme, which is basically each character's turn, tap left bumper to pull up a radial wheel, find the thing you want to use use the analog stick to select the target. It's not that bad. Um there is a lot of combat. This is this is D&D by way of you're going to have to think about the fact that to get from one town to the next you are going to have to fight six or seven groups of goblins on the way to get your experience and Can we not just flirt with goblins. I mean, there have been flirting opportunities, and I've seen flirting opportunities yet to come. But you can't just get to a random goblin and go, "Can I, fl- can I not fight you by flirting, please?" Or at least early on, that hasn't been offered to me okay. yet. Um, I the characters seem fun. My, I, I want to get further into it. It seems like a game that is like pretty ridiculously packed with a lot of content to see, like a surprising amount of content, but. I guess it wants to try and do the yeah. go anywhere and do anything. Yeah. The 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 thing that like early on most stands out is the game is not subtle when there are opportunities it wants you to take. Right. Um it a little at least the opening is a little like playing with a slightly railroad EDM. Um on the first little section, you are on a ship and you're trying to work out how to get off the ship. And there is a character in a pod banging and asking for help. And there's a, a thing next to them that is missing something to be plugged into it. And you could go leave the ship or you could save this person. Maybe that would lead to something. And the whole time it's like, okay, that's a party member. It's very clear. You've given them design and voice mm-hmm. and that's a party member. And you say I can ignore them. It's a part of, like there's some transparency that's like not necessarily one to one with with D and D, but like I like the idea of what's here, and I can see myself getting really sunk into it. I will come back next uh, episode probably to have more of intelligence to say. Mm. But I got to play as a tiefling bard, which is great. But I, I wish think... I could change out of the fucking jester looking outfit. Yeah, that wasn't. It's weird. Like I, I. I guess Dungeons and Dragons sort of seats itself in medieval fantasy, but that's never the sort of stuff I particularly think about people wearing whenever I play D&D. Yes. It's when you play something like Baldur's Gate 3 that you go, rules as written, there are aspects of uh, the setting that I just don't think about. Yeah. I don't imagine them in medieval fantasy garb. Yeah, I don't imagine maybe that many roughs. Right. Right, I'm a tief- I'm a tiefling. I should- I'm allergic to ruffles. Right. 
Um, but yeah, I've started playing Baldur's Gate 3. I'll come back presumably mildly addicted in a, in a bit. <laughs> uh, you played anything else this week? Um, I, I mean, a little bit. Uh, I got, got a Steam Deck. Woo! Yeah! Um... Yeah, I so I it's mostly been like trying out things on Steam Deck. Obviously, first thing I did was uh, Aperture Desk Job. Boy, howdy, that makes that system hot. Yeah, it's a really nice. Seem to be designed for it. It's a really nice showcase of the tech, but it sure does run warm. <laughs> so sure, it, I've played more graphically intensive games that did not run as hot. Elden yeah. Ring doesn't run as hot on the Steam wow. Deck. Yeah. yeah, I was like, well, if we if we have trouble with the with 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 the gas meter this this year. <laughs> I know what I'll be playing to keep warm. <laughs> Aperture desk job. Um, I did enjoy the fact that it's obviously like a good way of testing all of the features of the game. Yeah. Uh, or, or of, of the, the system, rather. Um, and that has sort of come into the whole, like, games that aren't specifically for Steam Deck. Like, Vampire yeah. Survivor basically treats the whole thing like a, 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 yeah. um, a cross between a mobile device and a controller. Yeah. Which is cool because you can do the on-screen um, joystick stuff. You yeah. can do um, uh, like pausing and menu selecting mm. and things like that, which can be quite good for things like um, selecting the Arcana cards. Mm. Quite appreciate that. Um, but other things that I like wouldn't if like I didn't know about upfront going in, into the system, and I probably wouldn't have found out any other way if it wasn't for having played that as a tech demo. Yeah, things like put your thumb. On the oh. stick, but you don't have to press anything. It now will do something slightly different. It, it, it knows that your thumb is resting on the stick, even if you haven't moved the yeah. stick. Uh, I've yet to see a game other than Aperture Desk Job use that. But... Well, the the reason it's come up uh, since for me is um, like using it for um, FPS games. Because uh, yeah. if you set the sensitivity quite high, and to, and like you can just like rest your thumb on that. And do first person like um, uh. FPS games, and just like do okay. I'm gonna do like a little bit of um, just like a free looking, yeah, by gyro, yeah, but but using the gyros or like um, you can do the same thing with the um, trackpad as well. So you can make like micro adjustments on that on on that by using the gyro. But using like but much smaller ones by just moving your thumb across it. And also, I really like the trackpads; they're quite rumbly and fun. Um, I like uh, Planet Crafter. I've talked about a, a whole bunch. Yeah. I I started a new save on that, and although that is very difficult to be trying to learn a whole new controller, that you're also like dipping out into menus to change <laughs> all the buttons on. Um, there are like community ones, but I just mainly just wanted to faff with the the tech. Yeah, because not a lot of it is super well explained. Apart from it- here is the thing: try it out. Look, under the veneer of a of a you know console or handheld, it is very much a Linux PC that you've got to fuck around with. Fuck around and find out. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like I quite enjoyed futzing around with that and just like oh yeah, you just like hold a yeah. thumb on that or um, working out what can be a left click, click and a right click, making sure that the the game itself isn't detecting it at all as a joypad. Yeah, so you can just go. Yup, that that stick is WASD now, and this is a, a mouse controller, and yeah. these I'm doing to like open I, menus and stuff. Yeah. I love the the buttons on the back of the controller. Yeah, um, I didn't know I was going to get that much use out of them, but there were a couple of times it's like I could put this button on the back of that controller, and I would feel so much yeah. happier. About it's, it. it's really nice to have the stuff like if you go into emulation and you emulate stuff like the DS, to yeah. be like I want to put 
one screen on one screen and have a back button I can tap to swap what screen is visible mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, DS stuff would be perfect I, for things I, like that. I like the um the touchpads. I love the them, especially when they're rumbly. Yeah. Because like, I'll occasionally just sit there and yeah. just run my thumb over them. <laughs> yeah, they make a little bit of like um a, a rumble as you sort of tactilely roll across them. Yes. It's, I don't know how better to explain it other than it's sort of like spinning like a rollerball mouse yeah. roller and having a little bit of like just mild um, ridges it's bumping across. Yeah, but also like um, I think that would be really good for like some like classic arcade, ga- arcade yeah. games. Because one thing you struggle about with things in even in something like the main emulator is this doesn't necessarily work for things like uh, like Centipede, which used like a trackball. Yes, that sort of games. That, that had like a trackball yeah. that little trackpad is perfect it, it's such a nice um solution for like controller based mouse control yeah yeah like, i love it i i guarantee there's people who would love if like console manufacturers produced a controller that was like oh yeah no this is for your console games but it's got these on it so you can act as Didn't if you've the got steam controller have mice. the steam controller did it's great um more companies need to do that as an option because it's a really nice, like, I want to precisely move a little thing around. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I've had fun faffing about with that. I played, uh, yeah, a little bit of Planet Crafter, a lot of Vampire Survivor because apparently I reset my PC save at some point and hadn't got half of the, uh, the unlock. So it's like, oh, another excuse to go through the rest of this. <laughs> um, uh, what else did I play? I played some Death Trap, which is a, a Something I apparently had in my Steam library that I've never heard of before. The joys of things that work on Steam Deck and then filter by is a green tick or a yellow question mark. Hmm. And and just going, oh, there's apparently shit in my Steam library. I probably was never going to remember to play, but apparently I redeemed a code for it at some point. Yeah. Because I don't think I like out went out of my way to buy this game. No, but again, like <laughs> the, the, seeing that little like this works well on Steam Deck... Is a really nice excuse to be like, maybe I'll give that a try. One thing I did notice that is that um, GTA San Andreas has the yellow question mark. It's like, yeah. you know what? That doesn't run on my fucking PC. So <laughs> if, it, if it runs on the Steam Deck, I'll be quite happy. There, there have been some weird games where it's like, <laughs> uh, like Baldur's Gate 3 is apparently an example that like has an easier time running on Steam Deck than regular PC. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, cool, cool. I, You know what I would love to come out of all yeah. of this is like... M- more people pushing to be like the game runs really well on Linux. I mean, because I would yeah. love an excuse to fuck Windows off. Yeah, after all these years. Ah, uh, no, I've remembered the the really good example mm-hmm. of games running better on Steam Deck than they do on regular PC. Elden Ring is the big one. Yeah, because they really wanted to get Elden Ring running well so, because the Steam Deck was new and exciting. Ah. So they made specific performance patches. Targeting like we know what hardware the Steam Deck is, so we can console style tailor in the like the performance. Yeah. But they also had like while they were working on it, they caught some bug fixes and stuff. It was a better version than the PC version at launch. It was weird. What one thing that I hope that the like the popularity or the increased interest from manufacturers at least Mm. for this type of thing, because I think Asus are talking about doing uh like an LPC thing. Uh, I think they've got one. Is the Rog Rog Ally? I think is an Asus machine. I don't know if it was already out, but yeah, I think that is the one. But yes, um, like I hope we get more UI scaling. 
Because the number of things that come up on, on the Steam Deck and it's like, it's got a yellow question mark. What's the problem with it? Well, you're going to need to pop the um, the software keyboard out manually uh, because that's, that's going to be required and it's not always going to come up. Um, but also, you're going to need... Um, the, the UI is going to be very, very small in some cases and there's just, sorry, there's just nothing you can do to change that. Yeah. And I, I really hope that, like... Um, that becomes like a bigger thing on uh, on a lot of like PC type games mm. in the future because that I, I think that is the main issue a lot of games seem to have is like we don't have any UI scaling. It's like come on, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm is fascinating bit of kit and I am sort of exploring it. I I do wish it was like more the the list of things. Rather mm. than the or the the big screen mode icons, yeah, because I, sometimes it's just like I'm struggling to find things, but also I am apparently finding things that I didn't even know I had. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it, it's it's definitely got a place in my gaming life. It's there are certain games that just feel at home on it. Yeah, but also it's like a a, a good thing of going well. I'm. I guess I don't have to play this on something else, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, like, the number of times I've wanted to gone gone, I want to play this on handheld, but if I buy it on Switch, it's going to be, like, six times the price. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Switch. I appreciate yes. your lightness compared, compared to the Steam Deck, but also your games are fucking expensive. Indeed. Uh, the Steam Deck is the size and weight that I'm not always going to take it when traveling, but yeah. also... It's nice to be able to play certain games on the sofa. Uh-huh. Uh, is that everything you've played this week? Yeah, I think that's everything. Well then, time for this. Good morning. You would be Professor J. Blackheart? Oh, yes, yes. Welcome. Come in, come in. Okay. You are aware the, that today you are being inspected for safety concerns? Yes, but um, I'm sure you will find that you've never had an OSHA complaint about my secret evil lair. I have, I have made sure you've never received an OSHA complaint. Well, there has been some concerns. I understand from a number of government organisations. Oh, then they don't work here. They don't count. That's certain people who are... Uh, might be in the espionage field who would be considered to be working where they enter to enter into this facility. Well, well, it, see, see, the thing is, they are, you know, regardless of what their job is, they are entering my premises without permission. They are trespassing on the premises. And at that point, uh, I, my understanding is you cannot file an OSHA complaint if you are injured trespassing in a workplace. And I, as such, think that uh, the fact that some of them may have stepped on a trapdoor that uh, made them fall into a pit of sharks is not something I can get in trouble for. Yes, but I would need to inspect the latches on these trapdoors to the sharks. And also that the, the shark facilities are all up to standards. Hmm, you will, will you, Yes, I would need to do okay, that. Okay, well, um, how about this? Uh, you can go inspect them now. Uh, the the hatch is just over there. Okay, well, if you could just trigger that for me, and I'll, and I'll just observe. Oh no, no, here. it's a little further along. Take a couple more steps forward. 
No, no, it's fine. I'll observe from here and obviously approach once it's open. Obviously, that'll be safe and I'll be able to set up a cordon for that around. I must say, I'm very glad to see all of your hench persons here wearing appropriate uh, hard hats. Yes, yes, they are. Um, and high vis, lots of high. Uh, the orange jumpsuits certainly are. Yep. I mean, it, it does mean if I have to fire any of them out of a cannon as a rudimentary projectile, they are sort of somewhat protected so I can reuse the ammunition. So you're firing your... I'd, I said if. If I if I did hypothetical. Right. Okay. Just note that down. Okay. And this uh, electrocution device I, I have noticed you have here suspended from the ceiling that uh, electrifies the entire floor, is that correct? Yes, for yeah. rapid recharging purposes. Well, I do notice that everyone is wearing appropriate uh, rubber gloves and footwear, so I suppose I will have to mark you as okay for that. Yes. Uh, anyway, what are your shoes made of by any chance? Oh, very, 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 very vulcanized rubber. Oh, what a shame. Yes, well, you know, when you go to... Lots of evil layers to do inspections. You do get used to this sort of thing, I must say. Hence the mind control film on the inside of the of the hard hat here. Can't be too careful, of course. Of course, of course. Now, what is this ray device over here? Oh, it's a um, it is a a OSHA inspector uniform uh cleaning ray, and sort of uh, uh, tidies up your your uniform. Mm. I, I got it that special. I knew you'd be here today. Mm. And the wiring, has this all been pat-tested? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Pat-pat. Yes. Mm. Okay, well, if you could just uh, show me where you keep your risk assessment manuals. Oh, I keep it. I keep them right here on the big big red X on the floor. Right, well, I'm not seeing them. There's that little shelf. You see the little bookshelf just right next to it. You just got to stand on the X bookshelf. and look at the bookshelf. This bookshelf here. Yeah, there's one right there. Right. Uh, yes, uh, yes. One, one step forward so you can really sort of see in the shelf. Professor Blockhart, freezing me is not appropriate. I'm a government inspector. Look, if I give you one good solid push, you will slide all the way across the layer and off the cliff. So, uh, I, I'd. I'd be, I, if I were you, I'd be pleased that this is the worst you got. Where did you get a cliff in Hackney? <laughs> I must say, this this property here that you have, I think it looks perfect. It, it does seem to be going at a, a, a very low price. Um, so there's no current owners, no no chain you've, you've mentioned. No, 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 completely available. You know, it's 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 you know, it's it's. It's a lovely home. Many, many, many years of of good living here. Living, yes, yeah. Well, we we know we are thinking about maybe renovating here and there, and uh, you know, just just to have a nice place. Because I'm an artist, so it'd be nice to be able to you know do some photography, a little bit of clay work, some some large canvas pieces. And I think you know, with the, all the extra rooms here, obviously, you know. We're not we're not going to be having a staff or anything like that, so it'd be nice to just have a a large creative space. Um, is there anything wrong with it? I mean, it's it's very old, obviously, and maybe the the wiring I would understand might need refreshing. But the price does seem exceptionally low, and there's no mention of the previous owners at all. Oh no, no, nothing at all to worry about. Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. It's just you know, 
the market, the market being what the market is. You know, sometimes this happens. The house right. just goes cheap, you know? So we can arrange a, a viewing soon. Oh, no, 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 uh, no, n- no, no. Now, listen, if I'm going to be spending even this much on a house, I, I really do need to have a, a proper viewing first. Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't need a viewing. Look, I, I really must insist, look, I, I, I will not purchase this unless I can, can have a, a proper look around today. A short cab ride later. Well, I must say this doorway is, is very large indeed. The woodwork, I see the woodwork is absolutely fine. It's it's gorgeous, slightly gothic. I love the gothicness. Ah, uh, yeah, it's lovely. Well, let's continue looking around the outside and not opening the doors and going in. No, now come on, come on. I must have, oh, the door's open. And also strangely sticky. That's fine. We'll get a rub down, I guess. It has been. Oh, I don't uh, think. Been, I don't think a rub down will help. Has been a particularly. Oh, just a, just a door creaking. That was just a door creaking. There was nothing else happening. There was just a door creaking. Well, I suppose these old buildings uh, they are prone to strange noises and oh, Cre- creaky floorboard. That one. It sounded almost like a like a moan. Almost like, but not. It was a creaky floorboard. Right now. Is dampness a problem inside the... This house is haunted, isn't it? With an O. It it might be haunted. I'll take it. (laughs) So, what have you put in your eyes? What have you Uh, watched? Not a lot of stuff that I'm going to talk about this week. Ah, Uh, Continue to support the right strike, you know. uh, The right strike and the actor strike, uh, WGA and SAG-AFTRA. Yeah, and Uh, they uh, they have a fund to keep them striking. Indeed, if you can chuck something into that, that's great. Uh, Also, the VFX artists at Marvel are striking, so hell yes, (laughs) long overdue. Um, General strike, general strike. (laughs) uh, But I've been watching some stuff on YouTube that I can talk about. Um, Last night, I baffled at the things that human beings other than me are capable of doing okay. uh, I, I, we, we, we had on uh, can I beat four blind games of magic at once on yes. the YouTube channel Card Market Magic that was fucking wild yeah so the, the deal was this one person was playing four different games of Magic the Gathering at once where he was like he was able to see a starting hand for each game and all of the moves that like other players made were narrated, but he was facing away. He could not see the table, so like he had to keep in mind. I couldn't even tell if he was in the same room looking at that video. Uh, of him. He was on a chair, f- literally swiveled, facing away from okay. the table, uh, being moved along to the different spots on the table, but facing away. <laughs> um, but yes, he had to remember how many lands he had out, what creatures he had out, what creatures his opponent had out. Uh, what his life and his opponent's life were. Tokens, buffs, uh, enchantments, yeah. sorceries. Uh, and if he tried to do a thing and was unable to, and like the, the conditions just did not exist, tough luck, it's gonna flub, uh, you will have to just live with that. Um, he won three out of his four games. That's, yeah. It was it was a marvel to see. The, the, the one he lost, he lost track of his life. Thought he was on eight and therefore could take a uh, an attack of four damage without having to like use up his blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he was on two health. He 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 just miss lost track of his health. 
But three out of four games were Imagine not... that, having a working memory. Yeah, a working memory, a vi- probably a visual memory. The ability to, <sighs> like, be nice. keep independent memory states going is fucking bonkers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, on a similar note, I uh, watched a video called My Six-Sleeved Deck Got Deck Checked by DM Armada on uh, YouTube. Yes. Uh, which was... Uh, do you remember the name of the card game? It's uh, It was uh, Flesh and... Blood? Fle- flesh and blood? Flesh and bone? Something, something like that. It's one of the new Richard Garfield ones, I think. Yes. But the gist was, I want to work out how many card sleeves I can place over other card sleeves over other card sleeves and functionally have a deck of mo- multi-sleeved cards. Um, which got into some interesting conversations about where you go looking for standard, like, just slightly larger than average side card sleeves. Yeah, and I'm uh, sitting there going... Go to Sleeve Kings. They've got so many ridiculous slides. Yeah, sizes. it's go looking for like weird board games that have like just off model card yeah. sizes and and find brands. I re- I reckon the the real answer would have been like find brands, not necessarily Sleeve Kings, but like Sleeve Kings that do. Hey, have you got a, a board game with cardboard piece like cardboard board bits? Or yeah, like se- separate board bits. Like I've managed to sleeve my tiny epic zombies, where yes. the board for that is six large, uh, sorry, nine large sized oversized cards. Yeah, that you then put everything else on. Like yeah. that is like a perfect example of. I bet once you get to a certain number of card sleeves, that would be yeah. like a good thing to manage on. Uh, yeah, spoilers, he's not allowed to use it in a tournament with that many sleeves on. That Although many they, s- they only skinned him down to four, and that was only because like yeah. there had been grease trapped between yeah. sleeves. Uh, the, the problem layer, I think, was the one where it was like uh, sports uh, designed for sports memorabilia cards, yeah. which are not cards that have to be like free of visual imperfections on the sleeve to make sure that you're not like using them as markings. Yeah, but the fact that they were oily felt like that they necess- weren't necessarily really good quality, which is yeah. weird because it feels like like as far as I understand like in America like baseball cards are like serious fucking business. I I'm sure there I is don't know some if modern ones are. I'm maybe. sure if there's I'm sure there's some logic to it, but uh it it I I still feel like he could have gotten away with it if the last outer sleeve had an opaque back to it, had like a solid colour back to it. Probably, yeah. I think he could have probably gotten away with it, but it was it was, a, it was an interesting watch. Yeah, going all transparent for that, I think, just added an extra layer of difficulty that they didn't need to be there. Uh, yeah, and the last one I'll throw out that I watched uh, this week was the first episode of Pokemon Path to the Peak, which is a little 10-minute episodes uh, animated series on YouTube uh, about... Someone, a little girl, wanting to play the Pokemon trading card game, like the the real world trading card game in a world that does not have Pokemon but does have Pokemon cards. Um, I felt very old when this child <laughs> was getting her mum's old hand me down Gen One Pokemon cards that she doesn't need anymore, and I'm like, oh no, oh, I'm, no. I, I am the adult I am a- with the with the old person stuff from the past. Oh no, yep. Um, except you also have like a lot of modern cards. Oh so. yeah. Um, you know well enough not to play with your Gen 1 cards. Yeah, no, I was watching this going like, yeah, you're playing with your mum's Gen 1 set, power creep means you're never going to fucking win. Um, but also, you should probably sleeve that. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's probably a couple of valuable ones in there if they're original and not reprint. Um, it, it's fun, it was sweet, I like the idea of the main character. Um, it reminds me of, there's, there's a Yu-Gi-Oh manga that never got adapted officially to English that is about this very same sort of thing, of someone trying to play the real world trading card game at a, like and build their way up to tournament level 
following the real world rules of the card game, playing in like little local card shops and stuff. I like that idea, and I want more stuff like that. And I'm surprised there hasn't been like a serious anime of like I, I like a sports yeah. anime of some CCG. Yeah, I I genuinely think like Pokemon will never do it now because they've they've you know they've they've satiated themselves with this. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! I still think Yu-Gi-Oh! could pull it off and would do it. Like they they almost tried to do it. like I thought that's what they were going to do with Yu-Gi-Oh! GX when it's like. It's Yu-Gi-Oh! Dueling School, and it's like, no, we're doing just as much mystical bullshit. And I do love the mystical bullshit, but I do want to just see, like, nah, completely straight-faced, played, like... Give us the Android Netrunner fucking... Yeah! Um, and a serious anime. Yeah, of just people very seriously sat at a table doing their yu gi oh the shit out of that. Yeah! Uh, what about you? What have you watched this week? Uh, well, it's not been a lot of things that I'm going to talk about, Support the Writer's Strike. Um, yeah. But I did watch uh, on Graham Stark's personal channel, as opposed to Loading Ready Run. Yeah. Um, it was Every Olympic and Paralympic Mascot. Not necessarily rated, but sort of talked about from, like, a design perspective and, like, the naming decisions and what else happened with that character. Like, did they get their own animation series? Did that series, in one case, run for a hundred fucking episodes? Mm. Um, it, it was quite fascinating, especially, like, going from... This was the first one that I could find. It's an actual dog that was born on the site or found at the site while they were building the stadium. And at the ceremony, they just got it a little, like, jacket to put on that just said mascot and had the the five ring logo on it. Yeah. It's like, yay, you were the mascot dog. Cool. To, like, the London Olympic Games, which had those weird squiggle creatures with the eyes. Oh, yes. Which I didn't... I Like, I remember seeing them at the time. Like, I remember... Being very grumpy about the Olympics for a lot of reasons at the time, going, we haven't got the money for this. Why the fuck are we applying for this? Mm-hmm. We we nothing will be done with this, and we'll absolutely be destroyed within a couple of years because the Tories won't fund to keep the, the infrastructure in place, and it certainly won't become usable by you know the people who live locally to the the services, and you know maybe could use a proper size swimming pool and and gym facilities and all, all the other good shit there, but no. Anyway, enough of the grumbling. I, but... I mean, I have a very different relationship with the London Olympics, and that's only because my mum carried the Olympic flame for yeah. part of its journey, and that was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. That was very yeah. cool, though. I've seen seen some of the pictures. Yeah. But, um, like, I didn't realise that those weird creatures, like, A, their eyes were supposed to be cameras, which, as Graham pointed out, is a weird choice for one of the most surveilled cities on the fucking planet. Yeah. And, um, but also, like, that those characters like the the backstory of them is that they are like leftover bits of metal when they were welding the stadium together like the millennium dome together mm. we weird choice yeah. i guess that they that, that someone turned into these creatures but like i like the one that sort of made me smile i think the most was going back to um the 1988 um seoul olympic games mm. because I was in primary school at the time, like, I was thinking, like, in my last year at primary school, um, or heading towards that, and, um, the kid that sat next to me in primary school was originally from South Korea, and Ah. had, like, so much fucking Olympic merch (laughs) that, like, mum had managed to pick up, um, before they moved, uh, before Mm. they moved to the UK, 
And um, yeah, I was just fascinated by this tiny little animated tiger, and like, oh. just it gave me the warm fuzzies thinking about like joint science projects about the the planets and so forth that I did in primary school with one of the few children my age that I ever talked to. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was like ah, oh, a little a little tiger, and then just seeing some of them which are just like weird corporate logo art. Um, some fascinating like anime type characters, weird little European, um, like almost folk creatures that have been done in in at various mm. times, and then the surprising number of animations made from these mascots for the Olympics and Paralympics, and then like even talking about the history of going from like they had completely separate characters to okay that they are. They were designed by the same people. Like they, they like came like a whole synchronizing point where the Olympics got their mascot and the Paralympics got their mascot done by the same artists, so mm. that they would be in a very similar style. And eventually, like releasing them at the same time, yeah, and that becoming like more of a the two are very much aligned. Yeah, this isn't different Olympics. Yeah, it's it is, but it's not. I, I get what you mean. They, they should be given the same. Um, yes. Uh, uh, I want to say priority, but that's not the word. I, yeah. I mean, prominence. Prominence. That's the one. I was I got, almost I there. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was a fascinating watch, and it's like a half forty minute video. If you if you want to see a history of fascinating and bizarre uh, Olympic mascots yeah. throughout history, uh, the other thing uh, is something we watched together. Was uh, on the Drawfee channel turning my childhood favourite media into modern art. Yes. So there's been a whole thing recently on the Drawfee channel of rather than everybody draws a thing based on a theme and and maybe a suggestion mm. to one of one artist will do a a big thing or or a couple of big pieces based on a suggestion. Yeah. And Karina really went all out for these pieces. There was some some multimedia work going on. Yeah, we, we there was like a whole like just um drawn art stuff yeah, on, I'm on PC. To, I'm going to make little clay models and then photograph them then put them back into my digital painting program and then use them as part of the art. Yes. Some yeah. of it had very like vaporwave type aesthetic. Um, like fascinating, like obviously a lot of it was, um, like uh, like pop culture referency stuff. So you had mm. like some Pokemon and um, Hamtaro, I think, was in there as well. Um, yeah, it was it was a really fascinating and different thing. Uh, just like really getting into go wild with art. Yeah, pick a style, do whatever you want, do however you want. And Karina really fucking went for it, and that yeah. was that was an amazing one. I would put that right up there with uh, Julia's fucking poly uh, poly clay Luigi. Oh god, yeah. Uh, with the uh, for the um, like uh, Luigi's Mansion style piece. Uh, yeah, that was sort done. of as a sort of Wallace and Gromit esque. Uh, yes, like an Ardman animation. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion. It was beautiful, and if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a look up. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you have you looked at any other things? That's that's about it for stuff I've put in my eyes. I've been busy getting ready for travel, so I've not had a lot of eye time. And I've just been working. <laughs> uh, well, <gasps> time for this. Hey, Laura. Yes? We've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you like merch? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you like stuff related to 
the the stuff that you are into. I sometimes like having stuff that's related to the stuff I'm into, yeah. Right, well, what were you into, like, two years ago? I mean, that's that's a while ago. Um, I, I don't know, what was I into about two years ago? How would you like a Good Place Funko Pop? I mean, I was into the Good Place. Uh, a Funko Pop? Uh, so-so. Okay, well, well, what about a nice enamel Brooklyn Nine-Nine pin? I mean... Not not so much, really. Like, you know, that show's good, but, like, you know, conversations about copaganda and all that. Oh, okay, well, what about a tiny kit knockoff, almost an android, but not quite, from the second season of One Day at a Time? I, uh, we're getting closer, maybe? I don't know. What? Who's our sponsor? What's going on? All of this and more could be yours uh, if you sign up to the monthly subscription... From Not A Tat Box. Oh, that's a suspicious name. Yeah, just head over to notatatbox.lol.net and uh, enter the code QNPS270-something or other. You'll have to spell that yourself. (laughs) Uh, And you'll get a box containing nerd memorabilia. Yes, you heard those air quotes. Yeah, anything specific or... uh... It definitely isn't things they just couldn't sell off and may 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 have overproduced massively. Oh god, is this just is this just convention l- random lucky dip boxes? Do you want a 6-inch figure of a background character I do not recognize from the first season of Stranger Things? Uh cuz it looks like, you know, like the the Kenner Star Wars I mean, Toys from I'll the 80s, sure but... Google them and see that they have a Wikipedia, uh, like a wiki entry, despite me not remembering yeah, ever having seen them. they'll probably be on the fan wiki. Well, you can get all of this stuff and more, and they promise that you probably won't find that the values of these things t- won't just like drop off within the first two months of you signing up. But right now... You can get this month's box, which I believe is themed very specifically on 2021 Netflix specials. Ah. Yep. Fun. Do you want some dark-themed chewing gum? Some what? It was that German Stranger Things thing. Oh, that thing. Yeah. I genuinely don't know if I want that. Well, you can get it. That's notatatbox.lol.net and the QMPS 270-something or other, and, uh, yeah, you can get a discount. Doesn't say how much, or for how long, but you can get it if you want those things. So, sign up. Mm. I could just go buy a thing that I would like. An actual thing that you yeah. like? Yeah. What? But I know what it is and I like it. <laughs> what? You don't want a pre-faded t-shirt. From the She-Ra series. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that, that that will be in there, huh? Yup, 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 yup. It's got, like, one of the random horde troopers in it. Uh-huh. It's pre-faded. Is, is that... Remember the pre-faded yeah, style? Yeah, no, I know. I know. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh... We're in a bit of trouble. Why? Do you remember when we used to have these meetings and it was all, yeah, we're going to remove 
clothes from some of the people. I know, I know, and I know. we'll have bigger guns. Yeah, I know. So. We're going to give ourselves a nice bonus, and now it's, oh, this person's in trouble. Oh, we're in trouble. Oh, we've lost know, money. Know, oh, we're going to have to pay so, someone. Ooh. Yeah, well, look, I, look, I'm trying to avoid paying anyone, but uh, I'll let you yeah, know what's yeah. going on. So, uh... We were organizing the uh, the next tournament for uh, Call of Duty, right? You know, because everyone pays their entry fees. We make a lot of money, you know. And we decided to uh, host next year's competition in a lovely little uh, island, you know. Uh, right. Uh, beautiful, wonderful views. Nice. Uh, we were like, yeah, let's host it in Hawaii. Why not? Right. And Hawaii uh, not. Hawaii not. Right. And uh, apparently, people have been asking people not to. Uh, not to visit there for a while. It's a whole thing of like, please do not come here. Please do not tell people to come here. Our country and like our our island is being destroyed. Please leave us alone. And apparently, we picked a bad choice by you know sending a bunch of sweating nerds over there. But we can we can just build them a new one. Well, see, that's what I was thinking. Is like, what's we're investing? What's- we're we're bringing money into. Um- I was going to say the country, but it's a, it's a state, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I made the same, uh, same yeah, mistake yeah. there. You know, it's, it's, it's surrounded by water. That sounds like an island to me. I, I'd have said so, right? You right. Know. So, like... Is Britain a state? Probably. Nice. The, the shittiest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I'm trying to work out, like, what's the smallest gesture we can do to seem sorry about this? Uh, like a $5 gift card for, like, a pizza or something? I mean... I I feel like we you know scale that back. We make it a you know a, a gift a gift card for some Call of Duty. Uh, I say we make it a, a gift card for some Call of Duty uh, in game credit. Oh, just some shooty bucks. Yeah, we give them some shooty bucks. Right. You know, because then if they want to use them, they're gonna have to probably open a couple of loot boxes. We get you know first ones free. Ah, we got you in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, just a loot box then, or yeah. even a key to one of the loot may- boxes that may- we may have already given you. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we just put a. Maybe even less than that. We just put a. We put a screen when the game boots up for like a week until everyone forgets about it that says, uh, "Hawaii." They have feelings, too. We are aware of that. Yeah. Like, not saying we did anything wrong, but going, like, them, they they feel things. Yeah, are yeah. You not ma- have you stopped being mad at us yet? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, the standard thing, we keep it as vague as possible, as, you know, toothless as possible, and, uh, you know, maybe we can get, like, one of the Disney characters in or, or something. You are a fucking genius. No, you. You are a fucking genius. We, we are fucking geniuses. Yeah, we are. Now, where's my tactical sunscreen? So, huh? What about what about your ear, your ear holes? My ear what, holes. What's going in there? What 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 uh, sounds have you reverberated? I've, I've got a couple of new bits in my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, or a couple of new bits and one bit that I'd heard before, but I've just been a little bit mildly obsessed with this week. Okay. Um. So I listened to a cover of the song Judas, originally by Lady Gaga, uh, covered by a band called Pollyanna. Oh yeah, I think I talked about this on a long ago. I think you might have done, but it came up in my um, like my my recommended tracks to check out this week. It's a really fun, like it's a heavy rock cover of the track, but it retains some of that sort of electronic influence. It's a really nice cover. Yeah, it's I I'm a I I. I, I'm realizing over time more and more that I'm a real sucker for a lot of Lady Gaga tracks. There's a lot of get Lady Gaga tracks that have like really borrowed their way into my subconscious, and I'm like, oh yeah, I could sing at the top of my lungs to this. Um, you sing- were that age; it was very much that 
it was it was the music that was on and around. I mean, yeah, but even so, it's. I think a part of it is like Judas is a really great example of a track that like scratches a very specific itch of me, like not just being at the right age for it, but being like queer and leaving the church at the time that there was this very like specifically queer femme artist doing this song that was sort of using biblical references as a way to sort of like establish being okay with yourself mm. and there's something about that that's like mm, I could re- I really dig that yeah. um I also listened to a track that like clips of it have been doing the rounds on TikTok for a while but the full song came out this evening um Ooh. Planet of the Bass by DJ Crazy Times. Yes, I have seen endless samples of this on TikTok recently. Yeah, so the gist of this is that this is just a reg. This is just a man from, I think he's from like Boston or somewhere in America, um, trying to capture a very specific uh, flavor of like Europop. 90s Europop. Yeah. Um, I saw someone caption it as every um, uh, Eurovision entry from like the early 2000s. Right. And I've the thing that caught my interest was I originally started seeing it pop up uh, in the context of people going like, look, I'm a second generation person in America. My mum thinks she can speak English better than she can. These people grew like grew up in like English speaking households. How are they nailing my mum's weird mannerisms this perfectly? Like the the kind of misuse of words is is spot on in a way that's uh, unsettling. And I'm like, okay, um, yeah, the the quality with which they have like parodied the thing they're trying to parody is impressive. Mm. Um, from the uh. Just a man in the background shouting just random, random words that don't really have much connection to the lead female singer's, uh, what she's got going on. Yes. To clips of the song that sometimes just have a different woman where the main woman's meant to be. To the full song having the most late 90s, early 2000s thing possible. Stopping to have a phone call in the middle of the song and using that as your bridge is two people having a phone conversation. And I didn't realize until I heard it that I was like, Oh god, this yeah, no, this is unlocking memories in me. <laughs> um I I wanna read just a a single lyric from the start of the, the track to give you a sense of, of what to expect. Mm-hmm. All the women in the world, let me see your beautiful faces. Oh, I've got an idea. World peace. I'm into it. Just very, very dramatically sung. Um me, me and uh, the 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 people I go to anime conventions the nerds. with, yeah, the Not nerds. nerds. Uh, we we've already been. Uh, there's a couple of lines that like we've been shouting back and forth at each other, and I suspect uh, this upcoming weekend we're probably going to be quoting at each other a lot. I have a feeling that uh, if there is a disco at this event, like there is a, a oh, um, MCM, oh, I that, guarantee that y'all are going to be like yeah. screaming this. Uh yeah. So to, to give you just a couple of of my favorite lines, life it never die. Women are my favourite guy. Sex, I'm wanting more. Tell the world, stop the war. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Cyber system overload, everybody movement. It's 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 weirdly it's got, good at capturing the thing it's trying to do. It's got very um, early 2000s hardstyle, like German hardstyle. <laughs> yeah. We want to put the lyrics in English because albums sell better when they're in English, but I don't speak perfect English. Yes. It's the, 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 the gist of the message comes across and yes. it is 
everybody dance, stop the war, world peace. Yes, please. Also, there's aliens. Sometimes there are aliens. Sometimes there's aliens. Um, yeah, it's it's well worth a watch. Um, and the last one, which like I'd heard before, but this week I've just been kind of I've been a little bit obsessed with this track this week. Mm-hmm. Um, a track called Hi Ren by an artist called Ren. Are you aware of this track? Maybe. Uh, clips of it did the rounds on TikTok for a while, like, maybe six months ago. Oh, so. is this the one that was getting, like, ripped to pieces by right-wingers because they were convinced it was MCR, like, making people depressed, like, children depressed or something? I don't- Is it that person? I don't know. So the- here's what I can tell you. The- the- the guy, Ren, um, the- the short version is- he he almost got signed for a, for a music deal uh, with a record label, and then he got Lyme disease, and it went undiagnosed for ages. Yikes! Um, leading to a lot of like health complications, psychosis, a lot of shit uh, going on, and he lost his record deal because like he couldn't go and perform the way that like Sony wanted him to. Right. And he came out the other side like eventually, like a decade later, getting his Lyme disease uh, diagnosis and understanding what was going on, and. Trying to make like during this whole time he's been making his own music, and this is the first song of his that really blew up solo. Is this track that is, uh, it is a nine minute track that the 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 music video is a single take live recording. The audio is all recorded in the take. Uh, he got it on the fourth try. Um, it is an argument between himself and uh, essentially his his own anxiety and paranoia and like. The bit of the bit of you that tells you you are ter- a terrible person and deserve nothing and are uh, are meaningless. Yeah, and having this sort of back and forth argument, like between the the version of you that's like, "Hey, I'm seeing a therapist. I feel like things are getting better," and the bit of you that's like, "No, this it, this failed last time. It's going to fail again. It's going to be terrible. Why are you even trying?" That little voice. Um, mm-hmm. it is a. F- fascinating video in terms of how it does things like uh ren as a performer does a really good job of switching up like physical mannerisms and voice very abruptly between different characters very quickly yeah like going between like very like physically sheepish movements to very Mm -hmm. grand boisterous ones his guitar work is very different between the two sides and he flip-flops back and forth between like uh, mostly like strums that are very aggressive, a little bit disjointed, a little bit um, uh, discordant mm-hmm. to very like gentle f- uh, like plucking, mm-hmm. but where he's like in character, sort of like sheepishly looking down and checking his fingering when he's doing mm-hmm. that side, but not when he's the sort of more aggressive, more yeah. confident side. Um, it's this really beautifully written back and forth about, like, mental health that ends in a really beautiful place talking about, like, concepts of uh, mental health not being, like, mental health conditions not being a thing that you can ever truly beat, Mm. and that being quite a depressing thought, but being like, this is not a battle for me to win, this is a pendulum, and it's going to swing one way and the other, and trying to fight that movement is a losing battle, you have to be okay with the, the swings one way. And le- learn to live in you those. Find coping mechanisms that, rather than solutions. Yeah, it's the this too will pass mentality. Yes. The it is human to have like if you if you swing into really high highs, you're going to inevitably have some lows mm-hmm. and being okay with that dance. Yeah, it is. It is like nine and a half minutes long. It's nearly ten minutes long, and uh, it's mesmerizing start to finish. There's so many like really fascinating little 
uh, details that I, every time I rewatch it, I catch more things that I had missed before. It, it's one of the most, like, effective pieces of, like, storytelling I've ever seen done. I remember I started watching this and then, like, I think I, like, dropped my phone or something and TikTok did the TikTok thing of, <laughs> oh, you've, no, you did something and now I'm never going to show you this content ever again. I was like, but that seemed really interesting. Yeah. The next time I bumped into Ren at all was, like, a couple of days later and it was a video talking about the fact that the right wing have gone fucking I- wild about... Telling children about mental health and to talk painting is not all possible to recover from and Rosie. I'm not surprised to hear that they had that response to it because yeah, it is it is a very open track about mental health, huh? Yep. Um but <laughs> gosh darn, it is it is something very special. Mm. Um his his lyricism and like full body performative ability, I can't recommend it enough. Mm. Um it, I'm late to the party. I'm talking about it, but it's it is incredible. Um, what about you? What have you listened to this week? Well, um, an oldie. I think I've talked about this before, probably quite a lot. But we're like 280 episodes in, nearly at this point. So I listened. Well, we listened through uh, Oscar Schuster's album um, Snowyland. Yeah, which uh, we just wanted something nice and chill, and with no lyrics to put on in the background while we played Viticulture and. Yeah, it's a nice, chill bit of music, uh, or, or it's an entire album thereof. It's about 40 minutes long. It's a mixture of, like, lo-fi, uh, like, really crunchy, um, bit crushed drums, and, like, found sounds, and, um, almost, like, toy piano-type sounds occasionally, and, uh, like... Keyboard, uh, like t- mm. mechanical typewriter, um, clicking, that sort of thing. Like there, there is a lot of fascinating little sounds, and they all build to this very grand, like beautiful, um, like wall of sound soundscape type things mm. that are just like beautiful. Um, I've talked about it a few times, but the the two I really love off the album are, um, Marchin, which has like a very um, obviously marching type uh, vibe to it. You can certainly go along with it that way. And Wunder, which is just a, a really beautiful, oh, uplifting piece. It's such a good piece of music. Considering it's got no lyrics, just everything about the, the, the way it builds, the way it moves, the, like the way it like rises, crescendos and breaks, it, it really does do like that sense of wonder and, and uplifting beautifully and uh yeah it was nice to listen to that again and also a uh, new track from Scartoon network yes it's a cover of teenagers by mcr yeah yeah it is um it's it's a little bit um less bouncy than a lot of a, a lot of scar type stuff mm. but i think it is the right sort of pace for that it's 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 chill it's good it, it captures the good um, spirit of, of the original MCR and it's yeah it's a really nice cover yeah. and now I kind of want to hear a ska na 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 go on go on Ja do it right ska na 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 have you listened to anything else no I think that's about it for me well then <gasps> time for this I can't look out what's wrong with Steam today Oh, uh, have you tried resetting it? I've tried resetting it. Have you updated it? I've tried updating have it. Have you verified your 
Steam cache. I've, done, I've checked my the integrity of my proton files and my whatnot. I've done all that and shit. And your whatnot. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I, I can't seem doing? to buy anything on the Steam store today. Okay. Like, what, like, is it just like a payment problem? or I, I don't know. I keep going to buy games on Steam. And mm-hmm. initially I thought it was like a payment thing or something was happening. Right. Because like, I keep going to buy games and I don't see the button to buy the game. Right. And then I realised the button to play the game was there. Right. D- so, uh, so it's just something you've already got, right? Well, that's what I thought, you know, if it was just one game, I thought maybe that's what was going on. Right. So I go, I go look at a different game. It also has it on there. Right, and you're... another game, and it's also already on there. Is this because of all the bundles you've... N- n- no, I don't think so. I, like, I... This many games. This many games is ridiculous. Like, I feel like I must be having some kind of bug, and I've somehow stumbled into some kind of free access to all games on Steam or something. Like, that... That's gotta be it, right? That doesn't seem likely. Is uh... it maybe, like, one of those... Didn't they do, like, a reviewer's code or something yeah there. no i never never got one of those no. okay okay let me let me oh it isn't every game it's just a lot of games right that's a higher number of things than i ever thought i'd bought i'm gonna close that tab i didn't buy that many video games definitely not definitely a nice little glitch from steam and i will tell myself that because oh god i should probably unlink my card but you know what what I bet you're never going to be able to find something you want to play. I mean, there's got to be something I haven't bought yet in this Steam sale. <laughs> no, I mean you're going to be scrolling through that library of mm. unplayed games going, Nah, I don't know what to... Uh, I'll just replay Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> I must say that young lordling is uh, making life quite interesting around the village, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, you reckon? Oh yeah, well, you know... Fancies himself an adventurer, so he does. Oh, is that so? Is that so? Ah, uh, yeah, so. Bought himself a shiny new sword. Ooh. Some shiny new metal breeches. Ooh. One of them big helmets. Ooh. But it's got, like, the whole face open, because, you know, Ooh. you know how he's uh, terribly vain. Oh, of course. Set off on all sorts of adventures, so he has. So, uh... Every now and again, he'll come round the village asking if anyone's got a quest or whatnot. And we don't even have to pay him. No, just tell him what I want done and he'll just go do it. Yeah, just tell him you're going to give him some XP. At the moment, we're keeping it in double digits, but uh, every now and again, he'll just come into the village square and declare loudly that he's leveled up or dinged, apparently. What's that? What's that even mean? I have no idea, but that does mean that he'll go to the pub and spend all his parents' money. And then, you know, we'll buy everyone a drink. He'll be very happy and he'll hope everyone's going to just celebrate his latest adventure. Well, I'll make sure to give him some of this XP and get making some swords that I can flog him for uh, for way more than they're worth. Just make sure they're very shiny. Oh, but, yes. Uh, yeah, apparently Farmer Gary is planning to work on uh, building like a nice wooden dragon. Gonna, gonna, gonna set him up against this big old wooden dragon and... Uh, it's given something to conquer, I suppose. I, I bet you I could sprinkle glitter on this sword and make it look real sparkly. Oh, you could say that one's enchanting. So you could, here we come to, here we come to. Hello, my lord. Ah, oh, the bear asses. Well, this is exactly what my family needs to get through the winter. There's 32 XP as promised. Oh, excellent bear. Onward to adventure. Bammy. Absolutely.
Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Virtual Justice Warriors. Virtual Justice Warriors? Yeah. Right, Larry. Right, Larry. How you doing? Oh, mate, it's been, we've had some warmth, and honest, it's, it's mostly just humidity, and I am, uh, yeah. my energy has been sapped. Oh, gosh, same, same. Yeah, yeah. Mine's, uh, mine's been sapped from the uh, humidity, it's also been pretty sapped from, uh, it, it, it took me a second to realise this is what was going on. It's right. been It's been sapped from, a, from, from travel I ain't been on yet. Oh, right. You know yeah. how that is? Not holiday, then. I mean, nah, nah. Well, I mean, even if it was holiday, I think I'd feel the same about it. You ever well, get like that? You're just like... Well, this is why I don't travel, to be honest. You know, apart from my general anxiety of, uh, you know, being far away from home. You know, just do the idea of, of, of going somewhere where all of the stuff that I know makes my brain and life work... Yeah, well, you're going away from the place where, like, your routine I- exists yeah. and going into a setting where it's like... If I cannot I, comfortably get back to this tonight. If I forgot a thing, I I can't just knit back and get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to have planned out like several things in advance. Yeah, that I won't know if they've worked until I get there. You know, yeah. you know the steps that I'm just sort of having to operate on faith that are gonna, you know, they're gonna happen. Yeah, I'll try and do the packing and remember like. The things that you can't pack until the last minute, but you do need to remember to bring them. So you've got to like sort of partially pack and have the list that's the like I need to remember to put these in there before I go. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it, mate. This is why I haven't left the country since two thousand and six. Yeah, it's one of those like I know it happens to me anytime I'm you know I'm I'm prepping for travel, particularly where I'm organising all the logistical stuff. Yeah, yeah. It really wears me out in advance. And I find myself really tired, and I find myself going like, "Why am I so tired? Why am I so tired at the moment?" And so I beat myself up over it a little bit yeah. until I realised, like, no, no, there is a very valid, you know, yeah. not that there needs to be a valid reason to be tired, but also recognising in myself it is quite tiring to get yourself ready for. I'm going to be in a place where I don't have access to all of the things that I usually take for granted having having to hand. I must account for all the, uh, you know, contingency plans and also, you know, mentally gear myself up for if something, you know, isn't perfect or... Do I have my contingency plan? Can I work something out? Or, you know, yeah, that's that's a lot, you know, especially, you know, for, for a neurodivergent people yeah. such as ourselves to, uh, you know, find... You know, how will I deal with my, you know, comfort, yeah. a, a level of comfort that I need to just survive the, the neurotypical world around me? Yeah, and part of it's like all the things you got to do that you would be doing that during that period of time, but you can't do, so you've got to do them early, get them out of the way before yeah. you go. It's all oh, the old, uh, you know, getting ahead of your work before you can go on holiday for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I've just been trying to remind myself, like, it's all right to be being a bit tired out, yeah, despite yeah. not having actually started the travelling yet. Absolutely, mate, absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> Fancy young mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good dog, mate. Good dog. Good dog. Right. Well, I think we're going to pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes. You do things and create stuff and such. I do. Tell us about these things and where people can locate. I mean, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Laura K. Buzz. That's usually the place to find me on whatever social media platforms you're looking at because it's good unified branding. 
any way you can think of, I'm probably Laura K. Buzz. Uh, things to look forward to. Stories of Autistic Joy is releasing on October 19th. Look forward to that. Um, Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Um, if you happen to be around Gamescom, I'll be there. Wave if you see me at a distance. I apologize if I don't stop around to talk very long. I'm probably running stressed between appointments, but I'll briefly say hi as I run through the through the halls. And also temporarily a little bit deaf. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit. Ho- hopefully, I won't still be in like a week and a half, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, what about you? Where are you at on the internet? I don't have unified branding, so instead I have a link tree that, that unifies all the things for me. It's linkter.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Um, yeah, you can, you can find the t-shirts I designed, the, uh, music I make, of which I would love to do some more. Please time, please sometime, please, thanks. Um, you can help me justify some time spent on, on creating more things. Than I already do. At patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify that. And help me take some more time off so I can keep working on that album that I keep vague posting about. <laughs> um, yeah. The, some of those tracks have been at least partially finished. Ooh. Wouldn't it be nice if I had time for more? Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. All of the stuff is over there. And uh, yes, thank you very much. To everyone who already supports me, you are greatly appreciated. Laura, can you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger.